The scripture reading for today is taken from the Gospel of Luke, and today we'll be looking at the parable of the sower, which you can find in Luke chapter 8. We'll be reading the verses 4 to 18 today, but we'll be focusing especially on verse 15. And then next week, we'll be looking at the verses 16 to 18. Luke chapter 8, the verses... 4 to 18. Our Lord Jesus Christ has just begun to uh, begun this new phase in his work in which he heads out as a traveling pastor, as an itinerant preacher. And he no longer has a home base, but he's been preaching from one side. To one side of the countryside to the other in the region of Galilee. And we have here an example of the message that he is preaching. And when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, Let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God, and those those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. These have no root, who believe for a while and, in time of temptation, fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word, with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light." For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor is anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, take heed how you hear, for whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. So the text that we'll be focusing on today is verse 15 there. But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So far the word of God.
congregation loved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ, when he has finished this parable, this parable of the kingdom of God, rounds it off by saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Our Lord emphasizes how important it is to pay close attention to his words. Obviously, he considered the content of his parable to be of great importance to his audience. Now, when we first hear this parable, it might seem a little bit strange to us in our modern day. You might think that it's a farmer who doesn't seem to be taking very good care as he is sowing his seed. As we look out today, or maybe not today, but as we look out in our modern day, in our modern era, out to the fields where the farmers sow during the summertime, we see these plows heading out creating these very straight and beautiful furrows. And we see the seed being planted very carefully in rich soil that's been tilled up all along the way. But that was not the way it was done in the ancient world. In the ancient world, as we see in many parts of the world today as well that don't have modern equipment, we see a picture of a farmer who is doing a very similar, uh, a very different thing from what we hear in the modern world today. This farmer throws his seed out and he casts it here and there. It lands in the winds and some of it lands on the road, some of it lands on stony ground, some in a briar patch and thorns. The point that Jesus is making here is that he's taking a modern day example and he's showing a modern day to him and he's showing how the word of God is preached indiscriminately in a sense. Now, this is something that we should pay careful attention to. Because as we receive his words, which are the very word of God, we don't know each other's circumstances. We don't know how each other person that is around us will be responding to the words of Jesus. We may be disinterested or keenly interested to understand what Jesus of Nazareth taught and to be receptive to his words. This message, these words, are seen differently by different people. Jesus said, that's the way it is with the Word of God. And so it's good to dwell on what Jesus teaches us in our parable today, to think about it and to meditate it. We are to reflect carefully on how we receive the Word of God. Take heed how you hear, he says in verse 18. Today, we'll look at the first way that he teaches us to take heed, to listen carefully. And that's in light of his parable with the soils that we find summed up in verse 15. And then next week, we'll look at the second part, the reflection of the parable of the lamp. 
So what does this careful listening look like? Well, we find this in verse 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So we will look at this under the following theme and points. Take heed how you hear. We'll see, first of all, the examples of how not to listen. Second, listening with a good and noble heart. Third, keeping the word. And fourth, bearing fruit with patience. But the ones that fell on the good ground, our verse begins. In this, Jesus is reflecting back on the parable that just came before. And he has explained what not to do pretty clearly in his parable. He has explained the different types of people that hear his word, the different types of people that respond in different ways, each of them represented by a different kind of soil. And he has just finished with how not to listen. In the first place, he has warned against hardness of heart. Hearing the word without truly listening, simply having it land, but not being receptive. Sitting, listening to Jesus with his arms folded, his head back, and listening with a critical heart. Or thoughts wandering, even before the opening words of Scripture are read. Seed won't take root in such soil. Don't be surprised. The devil swoops down and picks it out, Jesus teaches. The devil wants to make sure that this kind of seed does not take root, just in case the person should believe and be saved. He's very eager for the seed to land on such hardened soil. Jesus also warns against the dangers of simple emotionalism as the crowds are listening to his words. Getting so caught up in emotions that it leads to a flurry of action but having no depth. The type of person that he describes has passion and joy like a new convert, you might see. Or, or someone coming home after a particularly good conference. They spring up eagerly and become involved in many things. And for a time, they look like the model churchgoer. Yes, they're excited for a time and passionate. Yet, the moment that temptation arises, the sun begins to beat down on them, their lack of depth shows. They were grounded in the joy that they felt, not in the actual soil of the Word, the soil of the teachings of Jesus Christ Himself, and they wither. Now, there are some who might be terrified by that kind of description, not knowing what kind of Christian they might be. However, instead of making us fearful, this is a caution that should encourage us taking time to make sure that the Word of God settles in your heart, dwelling on it, praying over it, and seeking to be rooted and grounded in it. Jesus also warns against thorns, the thorns and briars being the cares, the riches and pleasures of this life. Be aware, be alert, he says. These things can be a snare. When you hear the word of God, and you are convicted by it, 
Don't be slowed down in your obedience by the fact that it might be difficult or by the fact that it might cause you cares or that it might cost you financially or that it might make you surrender some of your pleasures in life. If you dwell on these things, they can cause your joy in the Word of God to be strangled. Staying grounded in the Word from day to day, deeply rooted, helps all of these other things in life be put in their place. The cares, the riches, and the pleasures, they're all put in their place in the context of the kingdom of God which Christ preaches. They do have their place, yes. But the message of Christ should be what grounds and centers us. When we find ourselves starting to worry worry and stress over much about the cares of this world, our Lord Jesus teaches us to go back to the Bible, to go back to His Word, and to find strength once again on the pages of Scripture. No matter what our life situation is, Christ is lovingly teaching and guiding and warning us with the opening of his parable and the description of the different kinds of soils. He's standing there like a watchman looking out from the crow's nest of a ship. He's showing his kindness by warning us of the rocks and icebergs that lie ahead in a Christian life. This parable and these warnings are not something for us to shrink down under the weight of, but they're something for us to give thanks for because it gives us the warning signs and the dangers that lie ahead and teaches us to avoid them. Through his words of warning, Jesus teaches us how to avoid straying and sorrow. He gives each of us things to look out for in our spiritual walk, no matter where we are. But he doesn't just stop there. In his grace, Jesus doesn't just tell us what to avoid But as is usual for him in his pattern of teaching, he also shows us, teaches us what to focus on. And this is what we find in the rest of verse 15. Not just with the reference to the different kinds of grounds, but specifically expanding on what the good ground looks like. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. And so we'll look at the first part of that response, what the first description of that ground, listening with a noble and good heart. So key to hearing, Jesus says, is not just listening without a critical or bored or hardened heart. Not just avoiding listening shallowly and being carried away by emotionalism alone. Not just avoiding letting the cares of the world overshadow what we listen to, challenging us, causing us to challenge God's word by saying, well, what about this? Or, but what about that? And, and not digging deeper, but letting those questions choke us out. Jesus teaches us that the key to truly hearing the word of God is not just not listening negatively, but it's also seeking to listen positively. This is the good soil of his parable. 
And such a person, he says, listens with a good and noble heart. A good and noble heart. How on earth do you listen with a good and noble heart? Isn't a good and noble heart something you have and not something you do? Well, there's two things that we can see here. The first is the contrast that we find with the other descriptions of the heart in so many different places in Scripture, namely the divided heart. In Psalm 101, verse 2, we read a similar reference, a similar balance between this heart and a divided heart. Oh, I will behave wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart, the psalmist writes. Perfect, used in this verse, doesn't mean so much that the psalmist is perfect in the way that we understand this in English, as in without a flaw ever at any time, but rather it means complete and undivided. And you can see that in the verses that follow, the verses 3 and 4 of Psalm 101, his further description of, of what that looks like, having a heart with a single purpose. He says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness. The author of Psalm 101, David, confesses when he speaks of the needs to put aside a perverse or wrong heart. He has confessed this more often through the Psalms. You can also think of his most famous Psalm when he was responding to his uh, committing adultery with Bathsheba. And yet he speaks of his desire to put aside a perverse or wrong heart. Now if you're listening with a noble and good heart, you are not listening as one who is weighing whether or not to obey. You are not listening with a divided heart. If you are putting aside a divided or hardened heart, you're listening because you want to be led in the way that you should go. You are responding as David does, saying, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I want to put all of this aside. I want to be led in the way that I should go. One who comes before God with a good and noble heart isn't weighing God's words, saying, should I listen to God? Should I obey God? I'm going to hold this on a scale and see what gives me more benefit. But it's rather one who comes before God, saying, receiving God's words and saying, speak, Lord, I am listening. It's also seeking to have integrity. In the second place, the idea is that you have a good and honest response to what Jesus is teaching. When Jesus speaks, you are saying, Lord, I desire my actions to follow. And you seek to bring this into the real world for yourself. 
Yet there is a problem here, isn't there? Because by nature, you and I don't have a perfectly noble and good heart. By nature, we have a corrupt and evil heart. By nature, our hearts are like the prophet Jeremiah said, Jeremiah 17, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? And you don't need me to persuade you of this truth. You know it yourself. How often have you listened to God's word and made excuses for continuing to do what you do? Or have you ever had your conscience convict you that you probably shouldn't be doing something that you're doing? It's these moments that bring us to the realization, to the reminder that we need Jesus. This is why he teaches us that we need to come to him again and again. We need to come to him in repentance. We need to come for forgiveness. And then we need to come to him for direction in the right way to live as well. We want to learn from him as he teaches us the way that we should go. And we pray that he would work in us by his spirit, giving us the desire to change as well. We need to come to Jesus to truly be able to listen with a good and noble heart. We have to confess before him, renew a right spirit within me. We need our Lord Jesus Christ for this. And this brings us to the second thing we need to consider today, keeping the word. Keeping the word, what does that look like? Well, it informs the way that we come with a noble and good heart. Keeping the word Keeping the word is another way to speak of faith. Since the word gives us a picture, since the word of God here gives us a picture of clinging to the word, holding fast to the word. Sometimes, as we look at the word, we have the tendency to hold on to it as we would hold on to a $5 bill. We like the idea of having a $5 bill in our hand. But if we had to carry that $5 bill around with us all day, wherever we go, then there would be the possibility that we could lose it, that we could misplace it. If we did over the course of the day, for those who are older, it might not necessarily feel like as big of a deal. If someone had given you a $5 bill at the beginning of the day and you had misplaced it over the course of the day, you might think, well, that's just the way it is. But keeping the word, holding fast to the word, is this picture of holding on to something a lot more tightly than that. Holding fast to the word is not so much holding on to a $5 bill that if it's misplaced, we don't think it's such a big deal. But the language that's used here is as to holding fast to life. You can imagine, for example, that you're a survivor from the Titanic and you have somehow managed to stay alive on the wreckage. 
And then a lifeboat from the HMS Carpathia comes by and it throws you a life ring. You will hold on to that life ring for all you are worth because you know that is the difference between life and death. As those who belong to Christ, who have been made alive with him and who are called to him, Christ teaches you to hold fast with both arms to the word. Why? Because it is life for you. This is how, by his grace, you persevere. Those who hold fast to his word are the ones who love the Lord and want to serve him, who desire to serve him with a noble and good heart. But they're casting about looking for a way to serve him. And he gives us his word. And so they hold on for all their worth to that word. They see and know and recognize their own sins by it, their own divided hearts. And they know that the only possible safety that they can find is to hold on to this word, to hold on to his promises. And therefore, they hunger and thirst for his words and the deliverance that can be found in union with Christ. When you see the word from this point of view, loved ones. When you see it as Christ teaches us to see it. Not as a burden, not as a chore. Not as something that hits a hardened heart, but as salvation. Then the word of God truly begins to rule in your life. And it will begin to make changes. As we hear Jesus Christ's call. And as the seed lands on good soil, the word will begin to make changes and it will bear a harvest. And this brings us to the final point of our passage, bearing fruit with patience. Our Lord Jesus says, but the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it, and bear fruit with patience. If you approach the word of God in this way, it will make changes. It will bear fruit. If you approach the word of God with a noble, seeking to approach it with a noble and good heart, seeking to keep it, to hold fast to it like it is life to you, it will bear fruit. The Lord Jesus promises this. But you'll notice that he doesn't promise instant change. This is where many of us, loved ones, run stuck. We want instant change in our lives and we get frustrated when we don't see instant change in ourselves, in our spouses, in the people in our wards or in our family members or friends. And we run the danger of responding in the way that of of the rocky soil on which the seeds landed to spring up enthusiastically, but when those other cares arise, to let it be burned up, to let it be... uh, When the sun arises, to let it be burned up, or on thorny soils, when cares arise, to let them choke out the work that's been done. Yes, the Lord Jesus doesn't promise instant change, but he reminds us that fruit-bearing in God's kingdom often requires much work before significant results are seen. But that being said, he does 
promise change. He promises change for the one who loves him. When you hear the word with a noble and good heart, one which Jesus himself supplies you as you come to him, and you keep it, holding fast to it as life, empowered and commanded by Jesus to do so, this bears fruit. The fruit is his promise to you, loved ones. For you who hold on to his promises. For you who keep his promises before your eyes. Let them shape who you are and how you live. Seek to have them become deeply rooted in your life. Be patient. Look to the one who is the sower. Look to the one who brings the rain and the one who brings the growth. Seek to have these words be deeply rooted in you. Be patient and you will bear fruit. As we read in the Gospel of Luke, you will bear fruit miraculously. In the ancient world, you could expect maybe a fourfold harvest or maybe a sixfold harvest. But here it speaks of a hundredfold harvest. The Word of God, when it's deeply rooted, when you seek to hold fast to it with patience, will bear this kind of fruit in your life. What that looks like, Jesus doesn't say in our passage today. We can think of the different areas of life that we all need to grow in, that we all have to bear fruit in. And so we bring these areas before God in prayer and we submit them to his word. But we wait with patience. We wait with patience in each of these areas as we seek to humbly and faithfully reply in the power that he gives us. Listen to his promises, loved ones. Listen to the voice of the sower and hold fast to his words with patience and he will provide the growth. Amen.